0: We're not in Kansas anymore.
1: Sorry, Toto. You've just entered the Mad Pastors Podcast. Honest pastors, honest conversations. Powered by G6 allies because everyone needs an ally. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Mad Pastors Podcast. Good morning. Um, Good afternoon. This is a video podcast or audio, depending on where you're listening to it. Really, any video can be an audio. You just don't have a picture. So.
2: We
1: are whatever you need. Yeah, that's true. So uh, I've got the rumbly, just coming off of a head cold voice. So you'll have to bear with me on that. It was uh, It was nasty. Uh, my wife's had it. My wife's getting ready to have a baby. And I'm pretty sure she's getting all of her sickness out before she has the baby. So that she has super endurance after the baby. That's good. But she's she's going to need it. That is the goal. Um, but listen, we got uh, we got started. We actually did a lot better than normal. Um uh, we didn't quite hit our goal of time last time but we're dealing with and working through if you caught us last week the the question that we're asking is especially after uh the SBC meeting a few weeks ago is and and we kind of have to time stamp it a little bit it's the 2021 uh Southern Baptist Convention meeting that met and there was a huge usually something that's a huge news fest and kind of a fun something funny to watch that you turn it on on your computer and leave in the background just for that one or two big argument moment. It's kind of like watching Chinese parliament. Uh, you're just waiting for <laughs> a Russian parliament. China didn't have a parliament. They're communists. But uh, all that to say um, there was a big issue with uh, sexual abuse this year. Uh, and In fact, we talked all about this in our last episode so you can go back. But um, granted
2: with the convention's response. Yeah. The, to well, the or, SBC or the they, They've handled it and yeah. or
1: not handled it. And- Recap. We yes. turned out that it, we were, I mean, very proud and thankful for uh, the SBC messengers who voted overwhelmingly to have a uh, more focused and uh, I'd say um, what would be a good word for it.
2: Uh, well, I mean, they, they, wanted, an tra- they wanted transparent <laughs> uh, um, investigation into the way it's been handled and yeah. how they're going to handle it moving forward. So sure. a couple of motions that were before Jared Wellman put one forward saying, hey, we need to we need to investigate the. Executive committee's handling of this mm-hmm. from a uh, mm-hmm. third party. Uh, two other pastors, Grant Gaines and Ronnie Parrott, also submitted a very similar um, yeah. resolution. And the executive committee initially rejected all of it, said, No, we're not even going to discuss it. We've hired our own investigation firm, which.
1: That's uh, like O.J. Simpson hiring be. his own detective firm to check yeah, out like, his wife.
2: <laughs> There's no, there's no transparency there, right. and, and you you you're paying the the bills for the company that's doing the investigating. There's some conflict of interest there, and so uh, several pastors put forward motions to yeah. say we we need somebody who is going to be unbiased and is actually going to look into this thoroughly mm-hmm. uh, and with without bias and say here's where they messed up, here's what yeah. they should have done, here's what they didn't do, here's some things that are we're going to bring to light that have Trying to be buried, mm-hmm. uh, which I think there's been quite a bit of that.
1: Well, all and, yeah, because all of this is coming off of the the cusp of a huge. You know, we I, I, we were talking. I think the first time as a kid I ever heard the word masturbation was I was 11 years old, and it was the Catholic priest scandal that the Boston Globe broke. And you know, we all thought, oh well, it must just be those Catholics. Um, and then we find out, you know, 10 or 15 years after that that. Uh, the Houston Chronicle at least found 700, and, and here's I don't know, you know, you ha- you take the numbers into into account that 700 is a lot, 53,000 just Southern Baptist churches, it, it begins to not look as much, but then we realize that man, 700 is 700 individual lives and families that have been impacted and broken and destroyed and destroyed, and and if yeah. we yeah, and if we dealt with it and we said we're going to take care of this and start working on it, that would be one thing. We didn't do that. Um, in fact, it has been—it's been a constant uh, culture of cover-up and hiding, and, and that's really what we're going to get into tonight. And, and you wonder though, with so many churches, not just SBC, even though it's the biggest Protestant denomination out there, and so when you've got such a large group that's dealing with this, you just kind of assume that you know, if a whole ocean is salt water, that probably the other <laughs> lot of the oceans on the side have right. some salt water too, and I mean,
2: so—and that's why we in last episode and yeah. this one we we chosen to focus on the Southern Baptist convention. Mm -hmm. It is kind of the easy target because it's so big and it's so public um, and people recognize it and know who it is. Some of our listeners are Southern Baptists. Some are not. And Mm -hmm. uh, we ourselves are not Southern Baptists. Um, But we, you know, I think Ian said last time, both of us um, have owed debt to the Southern Baptist convention, uh, whether it was through coming to faith in Christ in a Southern Baptist church or
1: um, Being trained or in seminary, seminary. Or, yeah.
2: I mean, the Southern Baptist Convention paid for half of my college tuition. So, you know, there there is oh. some some because I was in a Southern Baptist church when I went to. You the told me you went on college. all
1: scholarships. Why? Uh,
2: <laughs> um, but I, th- I, I, just, I just I would hate what to Southern see Southern Baptists do is
1: lie, right? That's true. Oh, that was hard. I'm,
2: I'm gonna get to some of that here in just a but, minute. But I love some of that.
1: I deeply do. I love and I'm thankful for for Southern Baptists. I wouldn't have a problem serving in a Southern Baptist church and have, or not, but it's it is just one of those things where I would hate to see, and I hate to see, the reputation of of a denomination that has done so much good be so tarnished by things like this, and it's just heartbreaking. And so, how do we well, how is, do we fix it? How do we what's actually going? We talked a lot about everything everybody knows about leading up to it, and then we stopped because here we, we we're going to jump into what's going on behind the scenes.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, it it is heartbreaking because sure. it's. It's stuff that people know better. Yeah. Than to oh, do yeah. This stuff. I mean, but isn't this that is just absolutely so much of leadership disgusting? Yeah. What we're seeing the leadership of the Southern Baptist Convention do. But that uh, is
1: that's so much of le- so much of leadership would be fixed, whether it's sexual issues or not, We're apparently underneath a jet right now. But so much, uh, so much would be fixed in leadership in our churches if we just did what we knew was right, and yeah. that's that's where the struggle is. I never. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, because we've been in some unhealthy places over the years, mostly unhealthy places. And, you know, I knew that people, you know, you always hear people, they're going to force you to actually compromise and try and force you to do this and that. I don't think I was prepared in ministry. The biggest thing I struggled with was being prepared to be asked to compromise my integrity by my pastors Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. In order
2: to promote. Most likely, like their their yeah. own platform. Or yeah, not yeah. Jesus. Or, and and you don't have to
1: compromise. Make something easier on them, or yeah, it's or just it's to, absolutely to look uh, back and go, are those bus marks on my back? Yeah, and so
2: well, and like they, it's 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 very self serving, and so they use people. Mm-hmm. We we both experienced that, and know many others who have experienced yeah. it even to a worse extent than us. But I, it just the way some of these leaders. Approach this particular issue of sexual Mm -hmm. abuse. is just revolting. I mean, and we're gonna talk about Ronnie Floyd in a minute and some of the audio clips that that were there Um, Mm -hmm. Mike Stone was another guy that Mm -hmm. I I know Ronnie. I don't know Mike Stone at all, but um, man every everything that um, All the research I've done into this and looking into who that guy is, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the latest ones at the convention, right? Uh, he had an encounter with a sexual abuse victim who was there advocating for the Southern Baptist Convention to do more. Mm-hmm. And she was handing out flyers in the lobby. And um, Hannah Kate Williams was her name. Mm. And uh, she had a conversation with Mike Stone, who's a, a past. He was he was he was he was being he voted was on the, next president. He was the chair of the executive right. committee and was was the main target of Russell Moore's resignation letter saying mm-hmm. this guy has been bullying me and and he is, um, yeah. you know, far, far, far right-wing, uh, ultra-conservative, ultra-fundamentalist pastor mm-hmm. who uh, has has promoted this culture of, of racism and bigotry and all yeah. this. And, and that's why Russell left was in large part because of this guy. Then in this year, he was running for president. But well, he, he encountered this woman in the lobby and instead of saying, you know, so sorry for what has happened to you, right. how can the Southern Baptist Convention help? If I'm elected president, I promise we're going to get to the bottom of this and we're going to find a solution. Like that what would you be think any candidate. That would anything. be the thing that you would Even say. Even if he was lying, you think he'd instead say that. <laughs> he says, "You're doing harm to the convention. Like right. this is your fault, right? Exactly. Like, and yeah. that just that irritates me to sure. no end because one. It turns it back on the victim and says, mm-hmm. no, this is your doing. This is your fault. Right. Um, and two, how pathetically small-minded do you mm-hmm. have to be to say... He's okay, Southern Baptist, that, so be careful. That because there is a disagreement that mm-hmm. it's doing harm to the convention.
1: Well, then, but then you... Like, even, you guys yeah. can
2: disagree. That's fine. But, and, and that's part gonna of the We're going to answer
1: the question. We buried the lead a little bit, but we're going we're gonna to answer that question of why that's an issue. But I also i mean it makes me wonder too you've got uh this the cbn which is like the he-man woman haters club uh not being political or anything i'm just saying they they're like this little club of people who just i don't know what they're compensating for you can think about that but they're this group of guys who are you've got paige patterson who i really enjoyed paige patterson back in the day and listened to him talk and speak and a lot of people did and he helped lead the conservative resurgence which helped talk about the you know the inerrancy of scripture and then we find out through the Houston Chronicle that it wasn't, it's not an issue that, again, like we said, it's not that there is sexual abuse. That can be dealt with. It can be dealt with correctly. We can put safeguards in place. And I don't think you can 100% fix human nature because, I mean, there are broken, there's brokenness and sin, sure. but you can put in systems and then just essentially just deal with it when it happens. Right. And But then you find out that Paige Patterson and a group of guys, it wasn't that they didn't deal with it. They had a pastor who was the ep- apparently the up-and-coming star of the SBC. I don't know, it's about being the world's tallest midget. But all that to say. Also,
2: awesome.
1: Okay. <laughs> I don't roll that way. But all that to say, um, they not only, not just one time that they covered for him and helped him go somewhere, two times, and then at one point he went to prison for what he did, and then he came out, and then they placed him in a third church, and he had sexual victims at every church. So, it, and then he withheld tapes and information because he had conversations about it from the DA, which uh, was an obstruction of justice because apparently it didn't give me anything they didn't have. But what a slimy and sneaky thing to do. And and it's one of those things where I think that at the end of the day, it makes me wonder of the integrity of the CBN and and whether it's Brad Jerkovich or Paige Patterson or any of these guys that are leading this so loudly and doing their little thing. They're all backing Mike Stone and these guys, and I don't. I understand that, well, but all that to say, oh, yeah,
2: I just it, it, and we'll we'll get into this with yeah. when we look at some, of which the, we've
1: like, been saying that reasons. we will. <laughs> but
2: I, it just part of what bothers me about it all so much. And you look at guys like Paige Patterson and mm-hmm. Paul Pressler, and, and those guys that were involved in the Pressler, cons- that's who it was. conservative research. What yeah, that. Paul Pressler was a judge who was uh deeply yes. involved in Southern Baptist Convention. Who, like, turns out he'd been molesting little boys, right. um, and so yep. it just. They are so hell-bent on preserving some doctrine in the name of theology, in the name of we're going to preserve. And that's what the the CBN. uh, Yeah.
1: Christian Baptist Network, not to be confused with uh, a conservative Baptist network. Not Christian Baptist Network. Those are two different things. Conservative Baptist Network. I think they just wanted to get more hits on Google.
2: First of all, it just it it strikes me as funny that this organization was created because they didn't think the Southern Baptist Convention was conservative enough.
1: <laughs> well, Which, no, no. <laughs> first, the funny thing was they, okay, Michael, but, you got to understand they they founded this thing for all of the problems the SBC isn't having. Like <laughs> saying yes. that, that they posted, they pretended like they went in a time machine, like they hit 88 miles an hour.
3: When this baby hits 88 miles per hour,
1: <laughs> and went. Oh no, inerrancy of Scripture, and they tried to relive Patterson's glory days. You got a small-minded guy leading it anyway, who is is just a whiny little guy that doesn't get enough attention. And so they've made it all about. They said we're all about the inerrancy of Scripture. Well, I don't know if you can get more inerrant to, inerrant than J.D. Greer. Yeah, like, well, like, the Southern
2: Baptist Convention has not had any. They're just with
1: they're anti, and I'm not pro or anti-Calvinist on any of it, but they're all the anti-Calvinist guys. So it's just really uh, funny to see them all go. You're like, dude. Calvinists have a lot of problems, but one of them is not believing that Scripture is authoritative. <laughs> so they just launched this whole thing.
2: Yeah, so, and so that that's like, but that's thats what we see. It's almost like in order to cover up the real issues, right, the serious things that we ought to be dealing with, that are yeah. hard to deal with, that are difficult, that may not reflect well on our own leadership, we just redirect and... And we wave the banner over here like, hey, right. this is the problem. We need to work on. Well, it's almost never the problem.
1: It's right? And that's why. So if, if you've ever been at a church and, and I mean, we have I've been at a church where my head pastor had affairs and nobody I don't even know if to this day, most of the people that were at that church knew he had affairs. They just knew he had a moral failing, but he it wasn't sexual abuse. But the thing was, for years, it went on because of that exact mentality. He would throw smoke screens on the staff and with people. And eventually we found out, oh. None of these problems really existed, and all of us have been struggling here because you just wanted to to get it off with other people, so, and that's what it turned into.
2: So it it, it is kind of all a game of smoke and mirrors, yeah. right? Um, and,
1: so so and where and are we, we at now? We
2: want to we have there there has been some um, recordings that kind of get behind the smoke and mirrors and yeah. to to look behind the scenes and see what's actually taking place. Uh, and this and this these clips are to give you the context of it yeah. these are from uh, from the time of this recording they're about a year ago, yeah roughly um, <clears throat> they are uh, private meetings mm-hmm. between a couple of the key leaders in the Southern Baptist Convention right. the uh, executive committee president who is kind of as we said last time is kind of the the head honcho he's of, the don of the entire Southern Baptist Convention. His name is Ronnie Floyd. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's his role now. He was a pastor in Arkansas for many years. Um, I worked with Ronnie. Worked for Ronnie. I, I grew up in his church. Um, yeah. So, so, so we, we, we know Ronnie very mm-hmm. well. And uh, this is a clip. These are some clips between him and Russell Moore, who is the, the president Stone, right? of the executive or of the Ethics and Religious mm-hmm. Liberties Commission, uh, and and someone else who was in this. Mike Stone, I believe, mm-hmm. was in these these meetings. Yeah. And. Um, Philip Bethencourt, yes. who was actually the one who released these. He's a pastor in College Station, Texas. Now he was he was In fact, we Russell's, had that link last time. Russell's right-hand man. Hopefully you listened to that if you listened yeah. to the last episode. Uh, but we want to play a couple of these clips and then just kind of talk through our, our understanding, our synopsis of what's taking place and kind of. Answer that question yeah. that we've teased out five or six times now of
1: why <laughs> so there's is, just why a, is
2: this happening? It's a
1: big thing and, that you got to wade uh, through and, and so th-
2: let's let's jump yeah. into this. And so the first clip you're going to hear is Ronnie.
1: Yes, and we uh, and we asked the question why is this happening? We'll answer these questions as we go through these clips. um But this is in response. We talked last time, so I won't go into it. But in response to uh, a, a conference that Russell Moore ran where he interviewed a woman who had been through sexual abuse and he was asking her the question, on what, what's, what are the, what's the SBC doing wrong? What can we do better? And she pretty much just said, you're doing terrible. And so anyway, this is their response to those meetings. And so let's ask the question, well, we can answer pretty much why this is happening. Here's what I, I,
3: I mean, it's another reason I wanted to meet with y'all. Because, I mean, now, I mean, you know, what y'all get is not what I always get. Right. Honestly. And you're not surprised by yeah. that. But how, how are we supposed to respond in your minds to people who would say, why in the world would we have a conference and let people degrade the Southern Baptist Convention, attack its leadership, our churches, um, and all those things? And how are we supposed to do that and we left them say what they want to say. Yeah.
2: All right. So <laughs> that that was Ronnie. The the yes or the acknowledgements in there was Russell Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is Ronnie directing a, a conversation at Russell Moore for allowing Rachel Den to come yes. and speak at I the, at the, say the conference. I never her last name right. And, and and here's so here's the here's the thing with this. Mm-hmm. The first thing I would say about why this is happening. Ronnie is is a perfect example of this. We we have exchanged transparency and humility mm. for posturing and for platforming. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And we we are just Ronnie yeah. is so concerned, and I know this because I I worked I worked closely with Ronnie for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and saw his ministry in, in Arkansas for a couple decades now. Yeah. Ronnie is the kind of guy that. Buys hook, line, and sinker into this idea that you don't ever allow leadership to be criticized. Right. It has to be protected. <laughs> it has to be in a bubble. You don't yeah. ever bring anybody in that has a disposing view or a disagreeing yeah. view of you.
1: You were closer on a, on a staff level, but if you're a lot of churches interpret that as we have to protect the pastor's feelings and insulate them. And if your pastor doesn't have the balls to lead and to hear a little bit of criticism, then he probably needs to go work at McDonald's. I'm just throwing it out there because that's asinine. It's yeah, just ridiculous.
2: It's, it's, and that's that's been Ronnie's MO for sure. forever has been you don't criticize me. Yep. Um and that's and that's been and he's got his people kinda in that church mm-hmm. indoctrinated with that. That I am God's man, you don't you don't question anything I say. I am I am the supreme authority. Here. He's anointed. And yes, he's, he's anointed. And no, so he's God's true. man. And, and so whatever he says goes. Right. And if you dare to criticize that, you're not disagreeing with Ronnie Floyd, you're disagreeing with God himself.
1: Well, and here, here, the rhetoric on that clip is this, the statement was, why would we allow? So after you got somebody who's exposing, I mean, and, and again, this is very similar to the brief year that David had when he slept with Bathsheba, had an affair, killed Uriah. I mean, this is not just a season for these guys. This is a lifestyle, mm-hmm. and you got this. Nathan, what should be a Nathan moment where he comes up and says, you know, tells him the whole story about the sheep and goes, "Ah, that's you," and he calls them out. And so, this—it's—it's it's a grace that this woman would speak into that, and even have Ronnie would have an opportunity, and the SBC leadership would have an opportunity to say, you know what, we really screwed up, and yeah, we to fix absolutely. this. Like that should be. But, but the statement is, why would we allow people? Why would we allow people to degrade the SBC, attack its leadership, attack its churches? Now, granted, that's the only time you hear church in that statement. It's all SBC. Nothing to do with Jesus. Nothing to do with the actual church, Big C Church. And nothing to do with victims or anybody else. It's all about this organization of bloated fat dudes who all just sit around and and talk about how they need to preserve their power or keep yep. things going or what doesn't matter, right? Well, and, and if they... if they, I'm not bitter, I'm just honest.
2: Um, no, they're, they're, I mean... I mean, just, that's just true. Genuinely, there is no bitterness in this Yeah, at it's all. just the case. Um, yeah. it just It's something that needs to be addressed. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's been one of my problems with some of the churches that I... have Southern Baptist churches that I've been a part of
3: yeah.
2: is they view any disagreement as an attack. Right. And that's all this was. Uh, Rachel's yeah. Rachel's conversation, her interview with Russell, was not an attack on the SBC. Mm-hmm. It was pointing out areas that the SBC has failed and needs to get better. Yeah. And that should have been Ronnie's response was, hey, Russell, yeah. thank you for bringing another perspective into this. We're going to we're going to do better. We're going to take her advice under consideration here's our action steps. do we do about this? Yeah, right. You could have been
1: like, hey, thanks for giving us the opportunity instead, to deal with this. But
2: instead, it's a slap on the wrist to Russell because how dare he let someone attack the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah.
1: It's so yeah.
2: unfair to Russell in, in what took place here. But let's, let's, let's keep, keep going. going.
3: And yet, yeah, the whole entire sexual abuse study is funded by the executive committee. Mm-hmm. The um,
2: all right so real real quick so, yeah. there there is the key that yes. that is the heart of this issue for Ronnie Floyd uh it, there, it doesn't
1: are, get dirtier than that there's, we paid for it
2: yes <laughs> it, it is about money ronnie right. ronnie is consumed by this idea of of one protecting his own platform making sure he's on top of everything yeah. and two where's the money coming from and, and yeah. money has strings and if ronnie is paying for something it has to happen the way he wants it mm-hmm. to happen all
3: right regardless of the wreck and there was a wreck there's been a wreck since february or beyond and maybe the wreck became exposed right okay mm-hmm. maybe that'd be the better way to say it
1: maybe the wreck became exposed okay, okay. sorry yeah say yeah.
3: it um but how, how am I supposed to respond to that
0: I mean Cause I've got, we're, cause we're i because we're not mean, in a criminal conspiracy to cover up uh, what happened
3: because I on. mean they really hold y'all accountable sure of course they, they. hold you all accountable they yeah. say why would they not put parameters on what they say because and, you know.
0: because if we had what you would end up with right now is three days of Washington Post stories and New York Times stories about the parameters that we put on people So that the charge would be uh, only the people who were willing to come in and participate in the cover up were allowed to be there.
1: So great, great statement. Uh, And and, and the ending of that conversation, I think, is big. Here's why. Why is this happening? I think that that end of that first clip is in fact, that's the longest clip I think that we've got. But uh, at a minute thirty eight he talks about restricting, you know, Brian's saying, well, we're going to restrict the words of speakers so you can have somebody." how, how awful to have somebody like Rachel Denhollander come up, share her story. But before she comes up on stage, go, by the way, you can't address these things. I mean, that's a, that's just asinine. I'm going to put a definition of that word at the bottom, just so you get it. Cause we'll use it a lot. But, uh, but I think that why this does is because the SBC leadership, not the messengers, but the leadership is more concerned with preserving and expanding power, um, Rather than the truth or justice for the broken, and I mean, I, I, you know, you look at this this culture. We've seen this culture in our in the political world and the sexual world. Take we tend to not be people who stand in the middle. We tend to be metronomes, right? And what I don't understand is the idea of why people don't dive into this because at the end of the day, if people are wrongly accused then you're going to set them free if you dive in and do it and then you investigate and you take care of it. And that's what scares me as a pastor oftentimes is you've got to constantly be watching yourself in case that happens. But then on the other side, which is the much more likely side, you're going to be bringing closure and healing to victims who are broken. And mm-hmm. I mean, I love how Russell Moore said it. and, and it's the way that we should say it, right? Is, is Russell Moore says, well, we're not in some kind of criminal conspiracy here. Although, now they kind of are in a really yeah. conspiracy. Well, well, well. How the turntables?
2: Well, that, but Ronnie's question was, how should I respond to this? Yeah. Like, what's what story do I need to come up with? What yeah. wording do I need to use to appease everybody? And Russell's like, this isn't a criminal conspiracy.
1: Just say it, right? Like, yeah. we're not
2: in an episode of House of Cards. We're we're, we're not trying to. Well, maybe things. we are. Maybe <laughs> we are actually.
1: Is Kevin Spacey the uh, yes. SBC leadership now? Yeah. But question uh, here's when he's, at the very end when he's talking about um, so, what the New York Times, the New York Post would run. Explain to me because I, I get blurry on that. Explain to me what he's saying.
2: Uh, I think what Russell is saying, he's responding to Ronnie's.
0: Mm-hmm
2: request for a company line. Gotcha. And he's saying, this isn't about a company line and about trying to bury this and trying to make yeah. it all go away. We do that, and the New York Times is going to find out. Run all this. The Washington Keep Post going. is going to find out, and they're going to bury us.
1: Well, it Instead,
2: to- it needs to be, we need to come out and show truth and, and explain, here's the situation, here's what's going on. But Ronnie doesn't care about that. Ronnie's right. concern here is blame shifting. No, they're going to hold you accountable. They're going to hold the ERLC and Russell imagine, Moore personally yeah. responsible for having this woman come on.
1: But imagine how much healthier it could have been to say, "All right, how are we going to explain the truth and how are we going to make this clear to people and let them know what we're doing?" But no, it's, you know, but I remember even at that church in Arkansas growing up where there were you know, discretionary thing or you know, uh there were small scandals and issues that would go on and even as a volunteer who was kind of deeply involved, you'd hear the statement, this is what you're allowed to say and what you're not allowed to say. And I know, I mean, you've got to do some of that to an extent, but it was never, it was always this really vague whatever. And I felt like we worked for the president of the United States more than we did anything else. But clip two, let's go you want to go to clip two? Yeah, let's go okay. to clip two.
3: I mean, what do I say, for example, when I, and, and it's gonna come, and I've already heard from at least one, and uh, I know there'll be more, what do I say to the executive committee when Rachel's come after them um, um, and all? What am I supposed to say to uh, that? I, I, would mean, say,
0: I would say two things is we didn't script anybody in terms of what they can say or, or not say. We wanted to hear from everybody's heart without a muscle put on them in terms of what they had to say. And so that's part of it that's there. And number two, I would say let's. Not do stupid stuff.
1: Again. <laughs> that's a pretty good that's a pretty that's, good line. Yeah, if you want to so lie.
2: <laughs> I, I think I think Russell is is spot on with this. And right. so again, Ronnie is I think this is just following the last clip we just heard. Sure. Ronnie is still on this mantra of what am I supposed to say? How how am sure, I supposed sure. to instruct the other leadership to respond to this? Yeah. And and here's why this is a good example of why we are in this situation. Because we we refuse to address the ugly truth of our reality, and instead we want to cover it up with pretty sound bites. Right, like that—that's what yeah. Ronnie is attempting to accomplish here. Is is say, listen, I need to tell people what to say so that it makes us look good, right. so that it looks like you know everything is okay. Yeah. And Russell's response is, no, like. We're not muzzling the ox. We're not telling people what they can and cannot say. Yeah. We want to investigate this. We want to find the truth of it all. Yeah. And two, and this is the really, really important one, Southern Baptists stop doing stupid stuff.
1: Stupid. I love that line. Right. It's and,
2: true. That's brilliant. How <laughs> what a novel concept, right? Like if we would just stop <clears throat> being stupid, this kind of stuff wouldn't happen. If we would address these issues when they yeah. come up and stop trying to bury it and make ourselves look good in the middle of it, The problem things would be so much better.
1: I think a contributing problem that all this, and maybe this is a little bit too meta and too um, contrived, but I think that at the end of the day, part of this is the outcropping of of, uh, consumer-based church, right? Because it has been so pushed that everything has to be palatable and cute and great and not messy and, and encouraging all the time that we've built such a system that you get 40 or 50 years later. And now the system, it's all about protect the system. We don't want to talk about anything that's going on here. We're blah, 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 you know, and we go over that rather than dealing with difficult truth and being, a, that's, that's the whole point of the gospel is we meet the difficult things and we move through them and we talk about them and we deal with them. And I think that that, that it blows my mind that this is where we're at as the only entity in the world That has the answer to this stuff. Yeah. Clip three. Clip three.
3: And I'm not scared by anything the survivors would say. Okay, I'm not worried about that. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm thinking the base. How can we? I just want to preserve the base, and that's what I would say to y'all. As you think through the strategy, do everything you can to remember the base. Well, what I would say to you is we don't have one
0: base. I agree with that. totally, have several, several bases. I do so
1: it. too. I know. It's,
3: it's crazy. crazy. <laughs> it's shaky ground. And, and I would also add- the, not, the old SBC does not- That's right. Yeah. That's I,
1: right. I would add when it comes to the base, we may have uh, differing opinions on specific instances of what happened at the conference. Uh, Destabilizing the base. What I would say is having the ERLC actually make a concerted effort on abuse is one of our best hopes for preserving a base for long term because it's going to help to protect the credibility of the convention. And even if it has some unintended consequences in the short term, the ability to preserve the credibility is going to be what makes there even be a base there in the future. Yeah.
0: And the adjective. Even giving the attitude, we're here to tell you how great the SBC bureaucracy and the megachurch pastors are, mm-hmm. is a not only is a wrong thing to do, but is a recipe for destroying the denomination's credibility I understand. I understand. and the SBC bureaucracy and the megachurch
1: pastor. That's a great. That is a huge statement. Um, largely because I mean, one, how awful is it to say? we're going to protect the base and not protect people that have been victimized and broken by the base. Right. I mean, that is such a, wow. such a worldly and just asinine response.
2: I am almost speechless at, at that. If it does, speechless. it does not surprise me. No, not at all. Because that's, that's, like I said, that's Mon, that's Ronnie's MO. That's, that's how he operates. So yep. it doesn't surprise me that he would make that statement. Uh, and the reason Philip. Release this clip is because that's not the statement that Ronnie makes publicly. Right. And Phillip's like, I don't want to be a whistleblower, but I know the truth, and, and what you're saying publicly, Ronnie, is not what you have said to us privately.
1: And if you need um, more context, click the link below. It's got the letter where all these clips are found, and there's even more clips. Yeah. We're, picking, we're highlighting the big ones.
2: But, but to say I'm not worried about anything that the victims can say, I'm thinking right. about the base. Uh, is is just un- unbelievable That's that, that, that you would make that statement now? I know Ronnie has issued a statement and said something to the effect of "This is these these clips are an attempt to mischaracterize yeah. what was taking place here." I don't buy that for a second. Okay. Um, this this is one hundred percent the problem with the Southern Baptist Convention mm-hmm. is that we are focused on protecting the base rather than hearing what's actually being said and doing something about it. Right. Uh, And and that's, that is our problem. And and that's, that's been the problem throughout Ronnie's ministry and working with Ronnie and, you know, being told you have to dress a certain way because that, that's what appeals to the wealthy in our church. And that's, what's going to make them give money and support this church. And,
1: I pay think, your salaries and you got to do this. And, and yeah. it's always been about preserving the base. I remember and, that we would take people. I mean, we just even this idea, though. So I don't want to I want to pull this out of James. But even in the book of James, I remember growing up in this church where, you know, even Ronnie Floyd. And then I would see that see other people that had served with him do this in other churches I served at as well. I, I will say, for whatever reason, there's a lot of guys running a lot of things that came through. Cross Church, Northwest Arkansas that have gone on. And and I I was one of them that got to go to different positions. And I would watch, it's the same mentality. I would watch them do uh, giving events for the top 100 givers in the church. And they would pull them together and they'd have a big dinner with them and then challenge them to give more. And I remember thinking, even as a middle schooler, reading the book of James, where James says, hey, you don't give preferential treatment to the guy that comes in with a gold ring because you think it could be advantageous for you and then let the other guy who's poor sit on the floor. And I, you know, the the last church that I was at, I mean, you would walk in and they would, the first four rows across the auditorium would be reserved and not like guest speaker reserved where it needs to be up front, but for mayors and for these guys and these guys, I mean, they would just lay out all of these people so that the more powerful you were, you got to be up front. And this is that mentality, is that it's about, it's all it's a huge violation of James. Why do the poor get trodden on? And I think that this is crazy to me. James even makes that point in his epistle. He says, these same men, that are dragging you to court, beating you up. The same people that are causing the problems, you're protecting them as mm-hmm. if they're going to save you. And this is where we're at, at the expense of people who are being molested, people who are being raped, pastors who are just leading merit are, are doing what Paul would say and, and abusing women and causing problems, even if it's not rape or anything like that, but in sexual immorality. I mean, all of this is happening and and the response is not, let's get to the bottom of this and take care of the people Jesus was most concerned about. Yeah. It's, no, no, no. Let's go to all the people that are causing the problems. Get our story straight, and then we'll be okay. Because they'll take care of because us. Because they have the money. Yeah, yeah. And no, they screwed you over in the first place. Why would you protect them? Yep. It's just, just absolutely. So now we got to talk about. I mean, this is brief, but we got to talk about how we respond. We may even need to do next episode about this. But a couple quick points. How do we how do we respond? Here's some takeaways. Um, I think the first one is going to be one. Speak up about sexual abuse. We had a pastor who's going to come on at one point and tell the whole story of how this played out at his church, um, and he paid the price for it. Yeah. But but he had a whole group of people who wanted to, all of his deacons, all of his leadership, wanted to hide a pastor who for decades had been sexually abusing people, and people started coming out after he had the healthy response. and wasn't even talking about sexual stuff. He just said, I want us to have candor, be honest, whatever. And somehow, this just terrible person had suppressed this truth that was known by the staff for so long. And the response was, we're going to character assassinate you and kick you out because you want a third party to come in and investigate it to find healing. Well, so we got to speak up about yeah, sexual abuse. We, we got to
2: speak up about it. And we got to recognize that, that when we do, there most likely will be resistance, bad consequences. Absolutely. Right? Like if you, you know, you you are not going to attack using their words. You're not going right. to attack. Yeah, you know this this hidden power
1: source, which and, is funny because the only thing you're attacking is the enemy. So let's like, yes. be honest. It, this is a Beelzebub with them
2: responding yeah. in right. some way, and that, and that's kind of the next the next how we respond mm. is we have to be in, in speaking up. We have to be more concerned about just our own empire. Right. And, and the pastor you're talking about did exactly that mm-hmm. and that's that's incredibly honorable and yeah. virtuous that that he would do that that he would sacrifice his own career his yeah. own job yeah for the sake of justice and, and truth uh, prevailing Take care of people uh but we that's that's how we have to respond we 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 have to acknowledge that it's there and not try and bury it. we need yeah. to speak up about it and um I think, you know, be mandatory reporters and, oh, and yeah. all the, that kind of stuff. And we have to recognize that there's yeah. there's going to be unfavorable consequences I mean, that, for you. And if in that's not that.
1: a policy in your church and you're a pastor or you're a lay person, and you don't see that policy in your church. That's a shame on you and your church situation. You need to set it up. Yeah. I mean, any minister I've ever served, at, especially in student ministry, it's a mandated report, which a is just legal. It's sad that the world is beating us on this. But there should always be mandated reporters because we don't. I mean, sexual sin is something you don't mess around with. You don't mess around with any sin, but especially that. I think the other thing, and this is what I think that there is a glimmer of hope and light in this, uh, and more than a glimmer, when you see the SBC churches and pastors or bivocational pastors, whoever it is, the the messengers who are there, vote overwhelmingly that we need some third-party help here because these guys are not doing a good job and we need to get to the bottom of this. But you, you need to ask denominational leaders Or your church leaders. Sometimes churches are so big they are denominations, but we we are squeaky wheels about everything. From I want to go to baseball tournaments and not go to this, and I want to do this and I want to do that. I mean, we find so many reasons that are ridiculous. Be a squeaky wheel about wondering and asking what steps are being taken to either protect victims or prevent victims from being from being. uh, I, I mean, protect victims. When they are victims, but prevent yeah. them from becoming them in the first place, right? Yeah. So,
2: I mean, what are your policies? If you are a a Southern Baptist, um, you know, you, you don't you don't have a hierarchy a structure in the organization. I mean, yeah. you have you have your uh, associational missionaries. So, mm-hmm. Southern Baptist Convention has, has little pockets Those of are networks messengers and um, missionaries. Yeah. But you have you have each individual area has a group. So, like uh, mm-hmm. we live in the Tulsa area. There's the yeah. Tulsa Metro Baptist Association. It's a local association of Southern Baptist churches. And mm-hmm. there's a missionary that is kind of, he helps his job is to help be there for pastors yeah. in each of these churches that are in that area. That's somebody you can ask. What what's being what steps are being taken? You can contact the entire executive committee. Uh, you can contact... Ross they would love, love that. They want that what, every day. What is, what is being done? I want to know, I want details yep. on what's taking place, on how we are preventing this stuff from happening in the future. Uh, and then the last... Response that we want to suggest it's to you guys is the, is is huge, right. um, and and it's this: don't just leave the church altogether because right. you see this happening in in some churches.
1: Um, I know that it's I know that it's tempting from two guys who've been just kicked around and beat up in multiple places by the church. It is the easier thing to walk away, but if you're outraged by it, you know that the easy thing to do is not the right thing to do, yeah. and you need to stay and fight. For, I mean, I would tell you, find a healthy church, but you need to become advocates, not for uh, just trying to destroy the church or trying to discredit everybody. You need to become an advocate for victims and an advocate for... Because this is not what we're talking about. It's not what the church is. No. It's not what the church was designed to be. And we need to no. take steps and have more believers, not pastors only, but believers fighting for the church that Jesus died for.
2: And on those same lines, I, I think it's important that we remember that the church capital C Mm -hmm. the bride of Christ is bigger way bigger than any one denomination absolutely and so if if you are as repulsed as as we are by what you see the southern baptist leadership doing yeah and you feel like i can no longer be a part of a southern baptist church that's that's fine right i don't have any issue with that at all um I don't want you to just leave the church altogether and sure. say I, I don't want anything to do with that yeah. at all because of what this one leader well, leaders be has done. Be responsible decision,
1: done. decision rather than just reactionary. I mean, I think that one of the reasons I think it is so hopeful is that the odds are you're in a church that wants to see some justice. I yeah. mean, this is the majority of, of churches because you know mega churches. That's a very tiny percentage of churches, these mass churches, but, but a smaller church, I mean, the odds are you are with a group of people that want justice too, um, and, I,
2: and that's, and that yeah. was kind of Russell's last comment in that final yeah. clip. Um, I mean that, cause that, that has been before, um, some of these bigger issues, you know, Ian said the Southern Baptist convention is typically a snorefest, <laughs> Um, and, and this is, this is the big argument that they've had for the last eight or 10 years Yep. Has been mega churches versus little churches, and and the Southern Baptist Convention has celebrated these mega churches and these mega right. church pastors, and I think that's kind of what Russell is getting at. It's like this: the the continuing with the mantra while all this stuff is going on, right. we're celebrating these great big churches, yeah. and Russell is saying, guys, uh, continuing with that line of mega churches are great, and they're going to save the convention there's no point to that well like, uh, yeah. we need to be we need to be speaking up about sexual abuse we need to be more concerned about concerned mm-hmm. about justice for the victims than we are about preserving our empire we need to be asking the good questions of the leadership what are we doing to to prevent this stuff from happening in the future and yeah. and to um you know do what we can for those victims and we need to be fighting this yeah. we don't need to be burying it and covering it up and involving ourselves creating a criminal conspiracy. Cause as soon as you start covering up, it becomes a criminal conspiracy.
1: And I, I get, Let's not do that. I get why people want to cover it up because it's incredibly difficult to walk through, but yeah. that doesn't mean that we do that. And that, and that's never benefited anybody to do that, at least not long term. Right. And so I think that, uh, I think the better question maybe too, at the end of this is saying, you know, what are we communicating to our people and just to the church in general, if we don't respond to this in this way? And, I think the thing is that we that we're more willing to bury the sinful things in us rather than expose the sin in us and find healing in that mm-hmm. and that it's more important to keep up appearances than to do what is right and to be righteous. I mean, that's, you know, the word righteous gets used in wrong context and and used in different things. But I mean, literally to be right, to live a life that is right and rightness is to be a righteous person and I I personally want a church that is more focused on righteousness than on appearances, mm-hmm. mainly because Jesus was. And so this is, this is a long podcast, but a good podcast. And so we hope that if you've got questions, I hope that you'll share this because we need as many people as possible to see this and wrestle with this. There's probably a massive amount of people who just don't even know about any of it. And yeah. I get it. We're on information overload all day long. And so this stuff gets... Lost. I saw something the other day where it wasn't even about the church, but somebody threw a really important story at the end of the news cycle. And the after you know, and nobody knew about it. I was like, This is kind of important. So, listen, share this. Please subscribe uh, to us. We care about a healthy church, about healthy pastors, and healthy pastoral families, which is just a rarity and uh, which is crazy because when that becomes something that happens, there ought not be pastors anymore. So, we need a healthy church and healthy pastors, and it only happens with you. And so we we love you guys. Please subscribe and share. Michael, any closing and, and, thoughts? And go go be right. Go, mm. go do
2: the right thing
1: and and
2: not just the sexual
1: abuse, but everywhere. Every, yeah, everywhere. But,
2: but particularly with yeah. the sexual abuse stuff. Do what's right and um, and negative consequences on yourself, be damned. Right. Like yeah. let's yeah. let's do what is right and let's care for people. Let's love people, let's protect the vulnerable. And let's let's bring light to darkness and yeah. uh, uncover the nasty, dirty sins that, that are plaguing our churches and our ministry. So mm. go do it. We love you guys. Yeah. And uh, we will talk to you next time.
1: In the words of my coffee cup, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. So may your ministry be healthy and your coffee stay hot. We're the Mad Pastors. Thank you for listening to the Mad Pastors podcast. Mad Pastors is powered by G6 Allies, who knows that healthy ministry means having the right team behind you to provide worthwhile tools so ministry doesn't destroy you. If you'd like to partner with G6 Allies, here's a couple of ways you can do it. One, you can rate, subscribe, and review this podcast so that as many people as possible can get the same help and encouragement that you're receiving. You can also visit g6allies.com partner to see how you can financially partner with us. G6 Allies is dependent on viewers and listeners like you to support our ministry across the nation. If you have any questions or would like to contact the Mad Pastors for any reason, you can contact us at hello at g6allies.com. We'd love to hear from you.